and welcome to the Brain Break Room. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Taylor, and today we are going to talk about sex. Specifically, we're going to talk about how sex is determined, differentiated, defined in people. This is one of those topics that I love because you think, and by you, I mean universally one, you, me, your neighbor, thinks that this is a lot simpler than it is often. So when I think about how we define sex, I think about, oh, you know, male, female, XY, XX. That's the chromosomal definition where you have the egg that has the X chromosome in there and then the sperm from other parental unit that has either an X or a Y and that's how you end up with XX or XY. But that is just one small little slice of defining sex. So first of all, that is a binary definition of sex, male, female, when in actuality, there is also a whole host of intersex, not only chromosomal arrangements, but also physical traits and that sort of thing. So you can also just have only one X chromosome. You can also have two X's and a Y or three X's. And these chromosome differences are associated with lots of other things that we'll get to. But first, let's talk about how sex chromosomes were first discovered. So, I'm taking you back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, and this scientific discovery took over 20 years, and it maybe started, maybe not, with Hermann Hinking, a German biologist that first noticed that the wasp sperm he was looking at under a microscope for hours and hours, some of it was not like the other. So, you know, science happens in sometimes small, tiny steps and sometimes all at once. This was a tiny step. Huh, that wasp sperm looks different than that wasp sperm. And just a wee little note in wasps, sex is determined by having a fertilized cell that leads to a female and an unfertilized cell leads to a male. Whether our buddy Herman knew that at the time of noticing this sperm was a little different, I don't know. But that's just goes to show that in other species, sex is determined in different ways, and that will be another episode. Okay, so Herman says, huh, that wasp sperm doesn't look like that wasp sperm. And then later on, the American geneticist Nettie Stevens was studying beetle sperm and noticed that the chromosomes in sperm leading to male beetles looked different from the sperm that's leading to female beetles. And there we have sex inheritance. So that's when sex chromosomes were discovered. And um, prior to this discovery, sex was defined by just physical differences. So that includes reproductive anatomy, um, but also just anything that aligned with the reproductive anatomy that separated organisms into different groups within the same species. And so that's how Merriam-Webster and the Oxford Dictionary define sex, not by the chromosome definition that I went over at the top, but based on reproductive function. And that's that's really why I thought this topic was so interesting because when we're thinking about babies and identifying the sex of babies, we don't look at their chromosomes at all. We look 
at an ultrasound and look at the external genitalia and that's how sex is identified in babies but we also know that there's this big chromosome difference so that to me is a little bit of a contrast that is interesting of note so then I started to look into it more and here we are present day so I thought the Canadian Institutes of Health Research had a really really thorough definition of sex okay are you ready him <laughs> Sex is primarily associated with physical and physiological features, including chromosomes, gene expression, hormone levels and function, and reproductive and sexual anatomy. Wow. Okay. So we went over chromosomes at the tippy top. Um, We went over reproductive and sexual anatomy. And now we're going to talk about genetics. So gene expression is different for people that have XX and XY. And just to go over like a few basics of the X and Y chromosome in people, the X chromosome is about three times larger than the Y chromosome and has about 900 genes. But the Y chromosome, a third of the size of the X chromosome and only has about 55 genes on it. But one of those genes, which is called Sri, S R Y, or sorry if you take if you take all the vowels out. <laughs> oh man, I kind of like the idea that this critical gene is called sorry, um, but it's just S R Y. Don't mind me playing. But that gene acts on another gene that starts the development of testes, male genitalia, in the embryo, and this gene expression change is needed to have normal testy development. So if there is, if you have XY, but there's a mutation in this gene, so it can't work, it doesn't create any product that can go on and influence another, this other gene, then you won't have the normal quote unquote development. So something else beyond this kind of basics at the intersection. This is where gene expression is bringing together chromosomes and sexual anatomy with the SRY gene. And that was a relatively recent discovery. That was in 2018 that we just found this out. 2018. That's what, four years ago? Amazing. There's been a lot of other, especially recent work on gene expression and how it might be different between um, people of different sexes. So I think for these studies, what they typically do is focus on XX and XY individuals to make binary comparisons while not reflective of the overall population does provide some controls. And you know, as scientists, we're always looking for controls. And so a lot of times kind of the basic research will start with these simple comparisons and then it becomes more inclusive over time. Well, that's what's supposed to happen (laughs) is that you start kind of build a foundation and then your research becomes more inclusive. You're able to wiggle out some nuances. But here we go. Um, This study looked at 44 different tissues. So looking at different parts of the body and seeing how genes are expressed. So that's looking at the products that are made from genes. So it's specifically RNA. When you 
read the letter of a gene and just make a little product and they look at those products because the genes can be there, right? The genes can be there and not expressed and then they're not really making an actual difference in your body. But if they're expressed, that's when they matter. So um, these studies are looking specifically at the different levels of expression. How much of the products, how much is that gene being used? How much is that gene being read? That's what they're looking at. Um, And they found that 37% of the genes in these tissues showed a tissue-specific sex bias gene expression, which just means that there's a difference based on sex on this gene expression. And a lot of it had to do with transcription factor binding. So what's a transcription factor? Transcription factors are important because they're proteins that help you read the DNA and turn it into RNA. So along that gene to product passageway you can't see but I'm doing windshield wiper hands along that gene to product passageway that's where transcription factors are so they're really important for gene expression and one of the examples of sex differences in gene expression is in the brain so of course I have to tell you about it so genes associated with Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease are targeted by different sets of transcription factors in each sex. That is really, really interesting and potentially really helpful and meaningful if we then see differences in how Parkinson's or Alzheimer's look in males versus females, if we find differences on how successful different treatments are, they might be tied back to these differences in gene expression, which ultimately, if we better understand them, we can come up with better treatments, we can better diagnose. There's all kinds of um, really important work that can come out of understanding these differences. And that kind of ties in to my last little question to wrap it up. Well, first of all, I'm not going into hormones. I'm also not, I touched a little bit on sex development, but that's kind of the reason I'm staying away from the hormone aspect of sex definition, development, differentiation, determination, because mostly it's complicated. It's really complicated. And I feel like I, one, would need a lot, a lot of time to go over the literature and feel confident enough to be able to accurately relay it to you. And two, I would need like a timeline, a time wheel. There's all kinds of Like, if this hormone is at this level at this time and this person, then it has this effect. But if not, it has this effect. And that is too much for my brain right now. Maybe we'll have a special episode on it in the future. Maybe not. Um, But that's the reason I'm leaving out the hormone part of the sex hormones. Maybe I'll have an expert come on and talk about it. That's the kicker. That's the key. But why is understanding biological sex at an individual and theoretical level important? I touched on it a little bit. There are sex differences in disease rates. So understanding any biological difference between sexes that might contribute would be really, really helpful. And even for diseases where there aren't 
a huge difference in how often it shows up in males or females. If there are sex related differences, we want to know, right? From a medical standpoint, this male, female, intersex categorization can lead to a lot of assumptions about other features of sex that can be harmful. For instance, if you just go based on a chromosome definition, or if you just go on an external genitalia definition, there are a lot of other traits, including some of those gene expressions, some physical traits that might not line up. And as we move towards kind of this personalized, individualized medical approach where we can have a lot, a lot of data and a much deeper, under detailed understanding on each person that comes into the doctor's office. We can capture how these different sex-related factors might differ, be connected to disease. That would be really important to have in medical records and to just be aware of, right? So that's another reason um, that understanding the definition of sex is important. And finally, socially and culturally, Sometimes sex and gender can be conflated or confused. Um, And even if they're not, sex is usually seen and talked about a lot of times as the binary thing. It's seen as much more straightforward. And it's important for us to understand the nuances for all of the above reasons. And also, I just love, I think what science teaches me and what science, wow, I'm really on a soapbox today. (laughs) But what science has taught me that I really love and appreciate is that things are very rarely binary. They're very rarely um, just straightforward, cut and dry. And this is another great example. So there you have it. A brief look at sex definition and differentiation in humans. And I am hoping to make this another little mini series and look at sex determination across species. Not going to promise it's the next episode, but maybe the one after. We'll see. But I'll get it to you at some point. And with that, thank you so, so much for listening. Let's see. Remember to rate, review, subscribe check out the email newsletter if you haven't already or don't and just keep listening to the podcast i'm so so happy whenever i see that listener count go up share it with your friends and yeah i hope to see you next time back in the brain break room bye